Hey, what's up, 722? Hey, can we thank Mr. and Miss Berlin for uh, leading us in worship? Woo! Uh, hey, if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Um, uh, we are in week three of this, this three-week series called Church People. And uh, happy Palm Sunday, celebrated on Thursday. And we'll never hand out palm fronds to do that thing. That's totally not what that meant. Um, <clears throat> but glad, so glad you're here. We're in this series called Church People. Week one, we talked about how oftentimes church people are the very people that get in the way of, the, of people hearing the gospel, which is kind of crazy because church people were the people that were supposed to be the primary heralds of the gospel. And so hopefully we repented from that, and we, we're trying to knock down all the barricades that keep people from meeting Jesus in this place. And then... Um, and then last week, we talked about unlikely messengers, and I appreciate you letting me share the story of the unlikely messenger, a JV football coach that taught me about Jesus and led me to Christ, and that just how, how God used Coach Lee's uh, life to, to reach down and redeem and save me, and then, man, you want to talk about an unlikely messenger, okay, exhibit A right here, all right, and that God has used me to lead some people to Christ, and... Um, and just how that, that continues to go, and, uh, and for those of you that sent me letters and notes, it means more to me than you will ever know. And then here we are in week three, the last week, and um, the title of this sermon is Wake Up. And one of the things that we have to wake up to is that when you and I think about church people, what we think typically is Americans. We think, like, God is at work in America, and it's up to us in America to take the gospel to all those poor people all over the world because they don't know what's going on. And the reality is is that all of the universe is his, and, and God is moving in churches and in church people all over the world. And if you've ever been on a mission trip, you've experienced what I experienced, that you think you're going to, like, take some God there, and then you go and you go, oh, y'all knew him. And it looks like y'all know him better than I know him. <laughs> and so <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to do to kick off tonight's sermon is to celebrate one of my favorite church people in the world. And uh, so we put together the put together this little video, video to celebrate this particular church person. Check this out. Wayne Barclay is the senior pastor of Faith Tabernacle Church in Claremont, Jamaica. But his call to ministry began shortly after marrying his wife, Charlotte, over 18 years ago. It was 10 years ago that Wayne's relationship with Beach and 1122 began. Wayne was working for an organization called Adventures and Mission. Joby and Gretchen, while on their honeymoon, met with Wayne to plan a trip for the students Joby worked with at a church in Atlanta. When Joby and Gretchen moved to Beach United Methodist Church, they began regular trips to Jamaica. A couple of years ago, one of the construction projects for the Jamaica mission trip was to refurbish a clinic that had burnt down 15 years prior. Pastor Wayne is the liaison between the community and the Ministry of Health. The clinic, Claremont Health Center, is now up to 100% functionality. They help pregnant mothers and provide dental and basic health care for about 12,000 in the community. Otherwise, people would have to travel 15 miles to the hospital in St. Anne's Bay. Mustard Seed, also named Jacob's Ladder because it is the last stop for some folks before getting to heaven, is a place where people with mental and physical disabilities are dropped off when their families cannot take care of them or they have no family. Pastor Wayne got word from a member of his church and set up a meeting with Miss Perkins, who is the ministry director. Each month, a team from the church spends time cleaning the facility, feeding the people, and repairing the property. 
Just one thing of many that Wayne has helped to accomplish for Mustard Seed has been the purchase and installation of a water purification system. This allows each of the cottages to have clean, running water. The infirmary is a government-run version of the Mustard Seed. They reached out to Wayne's church for help. Multiple teams from the church go and assist with cleaning, taking food and medical supplies, as well as praying for people. Wayne is planting new churches. Last year, he kept seeing this old broken-down facility in Alderton on his way to York Castle every week. He decided to check on it and found that it could be refurbished and converted into a new church community center. The community center is now fully functional and has scheduled services on Wednesday and Sunday afternoon. This year, Pastor Wayne is taking on a huge project partnering with St. Anne's Bay Hospital, which is the major local hospital in the area. They are in need of more space and much needed repairs on the space they currently do have. Church on the Rock and Faith Tabernacle have joined forces on this project. Our relationship with Wayne is rooted deep in the common goal of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth, and we look forward to what God will continue to do in us, to us, and through us, both here in Jacksonville and in Jamaica. Amen. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> so <clears throat> so I, I planned sermons, I don't know, eight weeks out, nine weeks out, that kind of thing. And as I was digging through, um, as I was digging through Acts chapter 12, um, the best sermon I ever heard on Acts chapter 12 was in Jamaica by Pastor Wayne Barclay. And I don't know if you've ever like gotten a tune in your head, and even though you're trying to sing a new song, you can, all, you can only hear the tune that's in your head. Well, as I was trying to write the sermon on Acts 12, all I could hear is Pastor Wayne's sermon in my head. And so I thought, instead of ripping his sermon off, how much better would it be if we just had him come and preach it? And so tonight, we have the opportunity to have Pastor Wayne Barclay. So 722, would you please rise up to your feet? And give a big warm welcome to my good friend, Pastor Brother Wayne Barclay. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, I must say greetings from Jamaica, right? As I always say, the best country in the whole world. <laughs> and I can assure you that God lives in Jamaica and he visits America. <laughs> uh, thanks for the invitation to my good friend, Pastor Joby and his family and all the family in the church. And it is so good to be here and to be in your new facility for the very first time to minister. I never expect this. I never expect to do this, to stand before so many of you looking at me uh, to minister God's word and to speak with you. But God is able. Amen. 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 And please... Please forgive me if I move around a little bit, if I sort of get on top of my voice a little bit. All right? Is that all right? Yes. So we will talk a little bit and we're going to be doing some actions uh, because I believe that the book of Acts is a book of action. And this is where the church really started and get going. 
and Pastor Joby have shared with you uh, uh, up until chapter 11. And I'm asked to share with you on chapter 12. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to do what God would have me to do. Right? So as you know, it's from Acts chapter 12. And I'll be sharing from verses 1 through to 11. Verse 1 through to 11. And I'm sure you're familiar with that passage of scripture. But it's one of my favorite scripture. I'm going to read a couple of verses. And then I paraphrase on the rest. Is that okay? All right. Let's get there. All right. Verse 1. It says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And the word harass means to vex, to trouble, to annoy, or to make labor hard. Herod stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And verse 2 says, Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Verse 4. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Verse 5, and I'm going to, after I finish verse 5, I'm going to jump to verse 7 and 8. So verse 5 said, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Verse 7, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourselves and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. Now, let me just say this. Herod, in those days, he was Satan's instrument to attack the men of God in the church. And if you study the life of Aaron, uh, there was a father, there was the grandson, and there was a son. Now, Aaron, the father, when Jesus was born, he attempted to kill Jesus. That's the father. He attempted to kill Jesus. And then we see his son kill John the Baptist. His son killed John. And he killed John the Baptist. Why? Because John said to him that he could not have the man's wife. So he killed him. Uh, now we see the grandson in Acts chapter 12. He now killed James. And James here in Matthew chapter 20 verse 20. He was one of them where his mother asked if he could sit on the right hand 
and the left hand of Jesus, one of the, the two sons. And Jesus said, well, it's a hard thing for you to do. But therefore, if you're going to do it, then you would suffer the kind of death that I would suffer. So, saying this, I believe that James died in God's will. I believe that. He died in God's will. And why I believe that is simply because Peter did not die. Peter was delivered. Right? And I always say this. Why is it that God saved Peter and he did not save James? I, I said that. But I realized, according to the scripture, in St. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, it was God's will for James to die. Amen? Y yes, it was God's will. Now, Herod killed James. And the Bible said he captured Peter, in my own words, and he captured Peter and placed Peter in prison, intending to bring him out after the Passover. Right? Because it was the days of unleavened bread. Now, I, I, I will try to define unleavened bread in a simple way. It is bread without yeast. Y-E-A-S-T. It is bread, in Jamaica we would say, bread without baking powder. Right? Bread without baking powder. And this happened. The Passover happened when the children of Israel was delivered from out of Egypt. And because they did not have time to bake the bread properly, they have to do it fast and quick. So it becomes un unleavened bread. Right? And the unleavened bread was one of those meal that they serve during the Passover. So Herod, you know, put Peter in prison, intending to kill him after the Passover. And I considered why he did that. I believe that Herod wanted to be a famous person. He wanted to say he respect the law. He respect the church. So therefore, I will keep him until after the Passover. And he wanted to do this because simple, it pleases some of the religious people. And I'm here at, at a church of 1122. And I realize that you are not a religious bunch. Right? In Jamaica, I could not dress like this. <laughs> In church. It's my first time looking like this. Right? <laughs> It's my first time looking like this, uh, right? So I realized that you're not a religious bunch. In Jamaica, you could not hear the, the music so loud because somebody would be offended, right? And it's only religious folks that are offended when you play loud music like this, but you're doing it to glorify God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so I am a little bit at liberty to minister God's word, right? So therefore, Herod... He wanted to please the religious folks. And because the church was doing so well, now he steps in to stop the people of God. But something happened. When he placed Peter in prison, the Bible said that the church or some believers who weren't religious, they went to prayer. They went to pray. And I mean serious prayer. It's not like I am praying sometimes and I fall asleep. 
It's not like you are praying sometimes and you start sleeping. It's not like you sit in your bedroom and you say, I'm going to have my devotion. And I'm going to kneel and pray. And you can't do it for one minute. But because of what was happening, Peter was in prison. And the church decided that Herod is not going to kill one of our our, our leaders anymore. So we are going to pray. And the Bible said in my own terms that they locked away themselves. And after they locked away themselves, they went in earnest prayer because the church needed help. And let me just pause and say this. That's if we're going to get anywhere and we're going to see people delivered. And we're going to see our families, our friends, and our enemies come to God. We ought to pray. Amen? Amen. Just turn to the person and say, you need to pray. Come on, talk to me, man. Say, you need to pray. Turn to somebody and say, you need to pray. Come on, tell somebody else, please pray. And pray harder. <laughs> so, so you need to pray. So the church went in serious prayer. Right? And I live in a country where in the, at this time, we need to pray. Where we see every day that the dollar devalue more and more. And what happened? Prices increase, right? And therefore people can't do what they would like to do. So we in Jamaica, we have to pray hard. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something that I don't like. I don't like flying. I don't like the aircraft. And if you want me to pray, put me on, on, on the aircraft. I pray from Jamaica to Atlanta. And I pray from Atlanta to Jacksonville. And when next week, Saturday come, I'm going to be praying harder. <laughs> I'm going to be praying harder, right? But I believe that prayer works. So therefore, he placed him in prison. And when Herod placed Peter in prison, I wonder what kind of guy this was. The Bible said he placed him in prison and intending to bring him out after the Passover. And when Peter was placed in prison, the Bible said that he, Peter was placed between two soldiers. He was chained between two guards. Normally, when they capture a criminal or a thief, they would place one soldier beside that person with his arm chained to him. But Peter was chained to two of them. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding me? Yeah, he was chained between two. This means Peter, maybe, maybe he was like this. And he was in the inner cell. And not only that, but he, there were 16 soldiers that, was, that were placed there to guard Peter. Normally, it would have been four. But Herod, see to it that Peter don't escape. And why? In Acts chapter 5, Herod remembered something. What he remembered, that they placed Peter and some of the disciples in prison. And the Lord released them miraculously. And when they went looking for them, they could not find them. Right? So Herod said, listen, this time he's not going to get away. I am going to place soldiers. I'm going to chain him as hard as I can chain him. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what the devil do. And as long as God has a plan for you, he can't hold you in prison. I wonder if you're hearing me. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they chain you and how they put you in bonds. As long as God has a plan for your life and you will answer to the call, that chain will not hold you. The devil can't hold you. Amen. Nobody can stop you. I look at this church and I talk about it at home. Look, look at this church. I remember 12 years ago when we met in Jamaica, Joby and his wife on their honeymoon. I never thought that this would have been. I never thought that I would I'd be here ministering right now. I, I never thought about it. And I'm sure that they went through many obstacles. I am sure that others tried to stop them. And even now saying that we don't think you can make it. But if God is in it, then no one can stop it. I wonder if you're hearing me. If God is in it, then no one can stop it. So let me get in the story a little more. So he placed Peter in prison. And listen to me. The Bible said that the angel of the Lord came. And a bright light shone in the prison. But Peter was so peaceful that nothing troubled him. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to play a little thing for you. And, and please don't tell nobody. I will sort of give you an idea of what happened, what I did. Right? I'm going to play this little clip. And you just listen to it. I, I, Okay, let me, let me stop it. Somebody was sleeping. <laughs> Very close to me. I'm not going to tell you who. <laughs> and if Denny's Petch is here, don't say a word. And I sneak in the room and I try to wake her up. I should not say. And she did not. So I get the phone and I started recording. <laughs> Somebody very close to me. That's it. And I believe that Peter was sleeping so hard. Like that person. And I, I tried to do a little video but it did not work. I turned. I turned the lights on on the phone but it did not work. It wasn't bright enough. After I was sure, I turned on the bright lights in the room. And that person did not move. She reminded me of Peter. You, you get the message? She reminded me of who? She reminded me of who? Peter. So, the light shone in the prison. And, and, and listen, according to the Bible, when an angel appears, a God's presence appears, if a light is shine then you will recognize it you will recognize God's presence but Peter was so fast asleep listen the guy was going to die I'm not listen Herod was going to kill the guy he was going to be beheaded but the guy was if it was if that was me Wayne I would not sleep. 
I would not eat. No, you answer me. I would, I, 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 I'll be wondering what next. Lord. I would be praying. No, Peter was not praying. He was sleeping. The church was praying. Amen. Amen. The church was doing what? The church was doing what? The church was doing what? And let me just say this. There are some persons that don't even realize what is going on. They don't realize that there's a hell and they don't realize that there's a heaven. They realize that life is just it and they're going to live on. But the church is praying. Say praying. Come on, talk to me. Say praying. Say praying. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am praying for you. You want to tell somebody else? Turn to somebody and say, I'm praying for you. The church is praying. So Peter was there. The light shone in the prison. And Peter was just relaxed. Well, I believe that we know that Peter was saved. Because the Bible says in Psalm 127 that he gives sleep to his beloved. Amen. And Peter was sleeping. So therefore, Peter was sleeping. The Bible said, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he what? And he struck Peter. And he do what? Struck Peter. And even though the angel struck Peter, Peter did not move. No, you believe me. Knock somebody beside, just knock the person. No, 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 seriously, not the person. Uh, if an angel knock you, you are well knocked. You get, you get what I'm saying? The angel struck Peter, and Peter was still sleeping. Like some of us. Like some of you are still sleeping. <laughs> the call of God is on your life, and God is calling you to do something, and you're still sleeping. And you're saved. Talk to me. You're saved. You're still sleeping. God told you last year that this is what I want to do. You're trying to fleece. And the topic is wake up. Still sleeping. And God is calling you. God is calling you to Africa. You're still sleeping. You're saying, God, where am I going to get the money from? Where am I going to get this from? God is calling you to Uganda. You're still sleeping. God is calling you to Panama, you're still sleeping. Let me name them. God is calling you to Brazil, you're still sleeping. And even this summer or in spring, God is calling some of you to go on the mission field. And you're still sleeping. Talk to me, the man. So the word of God to you today is what? His wake up. Say wake up. Come on, say wake up. Maybe somebody beside you sleeping, say, wake up. Come on, talk to, say, wake up. You don't do like we do in Jamaica. I would go like, wake up, man, wake up. Wake up. So the angel of the Lord struck Peter on the side. And when the angel struck him on the side, I need some. Peter, even though the angel struck Peter and knocked him, Peter was still sleeping. The angel had to do what? The angel had to. The Bible said, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Okay, I'm going to do something. 
and raised him up, saying, what did he say? No, 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 no. He told him to wake up, he didn't. So he said, arise, quickly. Say arise. Arise. Say arise. Arise. Say arise. Arise. Come on, we're going to do something now. Turn to the person next to you and say, arise. And not just arise. You have to do something quick. So you want us exercise? Right? Arise quickly. Now, we're going to do it because this is what the Lord is saying to us. Just the way Church of 1122, the Lord raised this church up quickly. There are some quick work for you to do. Amen. Amen, somebody. And you can't stay behind. So the Lord is saying, arise quickly. Turn to the person beside you and just say, arise. arise. Come on, talk to me and say, arise. arise. At the back, say, arise. arise. At the side, say, arise. arise. At the side, say, arise. arise. Now we're going to do some action. Arise quickly. Okay, okay. Okay, that's not quick enough. That's not quick. And I need every person in this building. I I believe that if you're sick and you're not well, and you obey the voice or the call of God, you will be healed. If you obey the call of God and what God is saying to us at this moment, you will be delivered. Amen. If you're hooked on something that you think you can't get out of, and you obey the call of God tonight, God will deliver you. I wonder if you're hearing me. Right? If there are some sicknesses in your body and the doctor can't help you, I believe by the power of God that God will heal you and set you free. I believe that. And I can tell you this. You know why I can tell you? Because God has healed my life. God has set me free. God has healed my son's life. I remember Josiah when he was born. That my, that's my last son. I remember when he was born, the doctor said he had a, a lung problem. He could not breathe properly. And they put him in an incubator. You know, I'm a doctors. Put him somewhere to put whatever on his nose to cause him to breathe properly. And the doctor said maybe he won't make it. And I asked the doctor if I can go in that room to lay hands on my son and pray for him. Normally in Jamaica, they don't allow the fathers to see Get in the room where the mother is delivering. And I said, please, doctor, allow me to go. And I, I, he said, okay, come, but come quickly. And I went in that room. And on that incubator, I put my hands on it and said, God, you promised me the son. And Josiah's name means the Lord who heals. And, and when I put my hand in and prayed for Josiah, I left the room. And then about 20 minutes after... I got a phone call from the doctors and said, Josiah is well. Josiah is healed. I believe that God can heal. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. I believe that God can. I believe that God can set you free. I believe that God can fix a situation. I believe that God can save somebody. I believe that God can. So the Lord is saying to you this day, wake up. Wake up, wake up. So the scripture said, arise quickly. And his chain fell off his feet. Listen, arise what? Arise what? 
Arise what? All you need to do is to obey God's word. Hello? All you need to do is to what? Obey God's word. So I'm going to, we're going to do it. We're going to do it about five times. And, and, and just follow me. Arise quickly. Let's go again. That was slow. <laughs> that was slow. You want us to do it again? We still have four more to go. Arise quickly. I see a little one over the back there. Jump. She's ready. Let's do it again. <laughs> Arise quickly. Good. Two more times? Yes. Let's just look on it this way. Let's, 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 let's be serious about it now. Listen, you might have some problems in your life. Uh, there are some chains that need to be loose. That for years you have been struggling with some things. For years you have been praying for your son. For years you have been praying for your daughters. For years you have been praying, Lord, deliver me from this or from that. And I believe right now, right now, that if you... Put your faith and believe in God and obey his word. That after tonight, those chains will never be there again. You, you, you believe God? I, I believe it. After tonight. Listen, listen. I, let me just share this with you. And I, 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 My wife, my wife. When I were trying to have kids. And tried several times, nothing happened. And when she went to the doctor, the doctor said to her that, listen, you're not going to be able to have kids because of this and that. And then she got pregnant and she went to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, you're going to have to stay in bed for nine months to carry this this kid if it will happen. And my wife walked out of the doctor's office. And she said to the doctor, Doctor, the word of God declares that whose report will you believe? And I said to you, doctor, that I am going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen, somebody? That's what my wife says. I said to her, honey, you know, Joby, wives are stubborn sometimes. I'm, I'm serious. I said to her, honey, I believe you should obey the doctor. She said, I'm not going to obey the doctor. I'm going to obey God's word. That's what she said. And I said, can you prove it to me? And she shared shared scriptures with me. And showed where God said he can heal. He said, God said he will deliver. And God told her that she will have children. For whom? Anyhow, my wife, she got pregnant. She never go back to the doctor. It reached seven months. I said, you need to go to the doctor. She said, she's not going to the doctor. (laughs) I I, I got upset with her. I said, honey, you need to go to the doctor. Right? She did not go to the doctor. Reached eight months. Pastor Joby, my wife, did not go. I was upset with her. (laughs) And she worked up until the, the, the day before she had baby. And when that happened, she came home the night. Within the eight months. And she, we were just sleeping. And my wife got up. Help me somebody. Help me doctors. And my wife got up and said, honey, I'm feeling pain. Here. And I said, okay, just go and relax. 
She got up five minutes more and she said, I am still feeling pain here. I called my neighbor and I said, neighbor, I don't understand what is happening, but my wife is feeling pain three o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. So the neighbor said to me, just watch that a little bit and see what happened. Five minutes more, she said she started feeling more pain. I, I said, okay, honey, put on something and let's get the car and let's go to the hospital. So I drove her down to the hospital. And when I got there about four o'clock, my wife went into the delivery room. That's with Ruth, our oldest daughter. And she delivered, she went in four o'clock and she had baby 4.30. No, no, no. She had baby 4.30. She, she never feel, I mean, not even five minutes of pain in the hospital. She, and what happened? When she had Ruth, we said, okay, fine. That's it. And then just Joel came. And then Josiah came. And I told her, honey, I am going to be careful. Right? Because you're having them too quick. So what am I saying? We still have two more to go. What am I saying here to you? That God can. God can. God can heal. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you. I have been in crusades. I've been in meetings. I'm from a ministry where I saw miracles upon miracles upon miracles. I've seen the blind, the sight open, the lame walk. I have seen it with my own eyes. And I believe that God can. So let us get to the point. I believe that if you believe God in faith tonight, that something miraculously will happen. Just like how he delivered Peter out of the hands of Herod. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So therefore, therefore, we're going to do it two more times. Okay? Are you ready? Say, yes, I am ready. Say, yes, I am ready. Say, yes, Lord, I am ready. If you're ready, just lift your hands up. It simply means I surrender all to you this night. I surrender everything to you, Lord. So after two, we're going to rise quickly. One, two. Amen. Say it one more time. And listen, when we do this, I don't know. I know some of you maybe shout, some don't. But when you do this, when you rise up the last time, you're going to shout a big hallelujah. Is that all right? You're, is that all right? You're going to give God the highest praise. Is that all right? Is that all right? Arise quickly. Thank you. Put your hands together. Let's magnify the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Let's all stand again and let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. You see, when Peter stood up and when he arose, the Bible said the chain fell off his hands. Listen. The angel did not take the chain apart. Peter had to do something for God to work. He had to do something for God to work. And if you read the balance of scripture, you see where he was released. And miraculously, the angel led him 
through certain part and chain fell off. Gates were open that no man could have opened for him. But the angel of the Lord did that because Peter did what God called him to do. So just believe the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you for this moment. Lord, we thank you for your word to our hearts. You say, wake up. Lord, we're obeying your call. Said, get up quickly. Lord, and when Peter did that, the chains fell off. And I pray tonight over your people that your peace will rest upon them and rest in them and that deliverance will come to them in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for healing to their bodies and their mind and their soul and their spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen and Amen. Bless you. Stay right here. Hey, you guys be seated for just a second. Um, So can you guys see why we go to Jamaica year after year after year, right? So one thing that Pastor Wayne didn't tell you that I just found out this past year. You know, we've been doing ministry together for 12 years. Our paths have paralleled each other. When we met, we were both doing student ministry. He was doing it in Jamaica. I was doing it uh, here in the States. And then um, about the same time I became the executive pastor at Beach, uh, he became the senior pastor at his church. And then um, he identified an old broken down uh, community center and planted a church in it at the same time that we identified an old broken down Walmart and planted a little church in it. <clears throat> and then when I found out, I just found this out this past summer, um, that about two weeks before Pastor Wayne and I met on our honeymoon, uh, Gretchen and I were down there, you know, we just moved. God just spoke to us and said, you got to come back. And instead of being served by these people, you need to serve these people. And so we decided to go back every year. Well, we met Pastor Wayne there. Well, um, I didn't know that about two weeks before that, Pastor Wayne felt the call of God on his life to go into ministry. And even though it didn't make sense, and he was married, and he had some children along the way, you know, that was coming. And he had, and it just didn't make sense. And it's hard enough to get a job in Jamaica. And he had a good paying job in Jamaica. And so he went to his wife and he said, I feel like God's calling me into ministry. And everybody around him is saying, you can't do that. How are you going to do that? How are you going to pay for everything? How are you going to feed your family? How are you going to do the things that you've wanted to do? And so the sermon that he preached today, he's been walking out for the past 12 years because he walked away from his job, not knowing what was going to happen in ministry. And then less than 14 days later, we meet each other and have been doing ministry together for the last dozen years. And God provided all along the way. Now, is, uh, and Maria, isn't it special? Maria... It's always special when she leads worship here because she was one of my students and I took her to Jamaica like her senior year and she was all jacked up, all right? I mean, really, like panic attacks and there were just chains of oppression and just some stuff on her. And then one night, like on the shores of the ocean in Jamaica and she's confessing just some fears and things like that and I just gave her some scriptures to read and and she just memorized them and she got up. She's obedient to God to be there. And the chains came off. And that girl right there has never been the same. 
again. And so it's pretty appropriate that she's leading worship tonight while our brother Wayne's here preaching. <clears throat> and then one other thing. We were talking on staff today, uh, uh, this week. There's about, what, six, five or six of us? Seven? There's seven people on our staff now that felt the call of the Lord to walk away from their careers and to go into full-time ministry that are on staff with us now at the Church of 1122. And that call came in Jamaica for seven of the people on our staff. And so, Pastor Wayne, you know, we've, we've been working together for a lot of years, and, and you've been so thankful and grateful every time we show up there to serve you. But what you don't know is what an incredible impact you and your ministry has had on us as a church and as a people. And so, so many times we think we're going there to do such a good thing. And then God does such a good thing to us when we get there through you and your ministries. And so we put together a little video just to share a few of the things that have happened through you to us. And we wanted to say thank you. So take just a second and watch this video. In 2009, Craig and I went to Jamaica for the first time on a mission trip together. It was our first mission trip. We went um, shortly after we experienced a tubal pregnancy where we lost a baby. When I was on a mission trip in Jamaica, I spoke to Wayne, among other people, about my calling in life. And his um, calling in life to, to do the work of God was just so clear and inspiring. My first mission trip was a trip to Jamaica. And my life has never been the same. Um, about a year ago, uh, my wife and I went to Jamaica uh, together on a mission trip, our first one together. Hey, Brother Wayne, just wanted to uh, thank you for everything you do in Jamaica. If it hadn't been for Pastor Wayne, I never would have gotten to meet Aunt Jackie and go down to her orphanage with all the children there in Jamaica. Brother Wayne, we're so glad you're here. Um, you were there in the beginning when my world completely changed in Jamaica. And since then, it has been an honor and a privilege to work alongside you. So I just want to thank Pastor Wayne for the um, opportunity that he has provided there in Jamaica and for the life change that's happened through his ministry there and the opportunity he's given us to come and serve with him, alongside him. And he has been the example of what um, being the hands and feet of Jesus is. I would just like to thank Pastor Wayne for everything he's done in um, partnering with us and setting up um, our Jamaica mission trips. Also on that trip was uh, the OBGYN who uh, was with us from beginning to end. We had been exploring the topic of adoption, should we, shouldn't we? And it was in Jamaica where the healing and the hope that we were looking for, we found it. And it made me realize that my calling in life was to work in ministry rather than the corporate world, which I'd been working in. My first trip to Jamaica changed my life forever. I thought I was going to go and help out with a worship conference, but instead what happened was there was a change in me. There was a change in my walk with Christ. It, it just was an awesome experience being, to, being able to um, be a part of the ministry that's already going on there. And it opened up our hearts to not only explore adoption, um, but actually sign our paperwork when we got home from Jamaica. And it was actually in Jamaica where Craig and I both sensed that God was calling us to adopt, not only to adopt, but to adopt internationally. I remember this vividly. vividly. Um, to my left was my wife, Stacy, and to my right was Pastor Jerry Sweat. And Stacy got up and walked across the, uh, the room, picking up uh, uh, some claws and, and a bucket, and um, knelt down in front of our, uh, her OBGYN's uh, 
um, chair and started washing her feet. Um, through Pastor Wayne and his church, and uh, just to get to see my wife um, be the hands and feet of Jesus alongside of me was an awesome experience. After I went on my first mission trip to Jamaica, I saw a need there in the orphanage and with tons of help from my family, we had garage sales and raised over $5,000 to help uh, feed and clothe and improve the living conditions of that orphanage. And if that hadn't been for Pastor Wayne, I never would have gotten to meet those amazing children that have uh, just had such a great impact on my life. So I decided that when I got back, um, soon after I was going to take a job in ministry and I'm here now and I love it. You and I have been partnering in construction projects over there for the last three years and uh, you're just an inspiration. Five years later and we've adopted uh, a boy from Korea, uh, Parker, and he's our, a joy in our life. Pastor Wayne and his story and how he walks out his life made a huge change in, in the way I see my walk with the Lord. Um, we also had the, uh, the opportunity, we ended up getting married on the mission trip there. And so I just want to thank Pastor Wayne for driving us to our uh, honeymoon. If it weren't for Pastor Wayne and what he's done over there, I would have not um, realized the call that God had on my life where I came home, quit my job, and got into full-time ministry here at the church. And we just feel like Jamaica is a huge part of our family story. And that would not have been possible were it not for Pastor Wayne. None of that would have been possible uh, had Pastor Wayne not been such an integral part in the Jamaica ministry. So I just wanted to say thank you to Pastor Wayne for following where God leads you. Thank you, Brother Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Wayne, for all you do. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. We love you so much. Bless you. Thank you. Get up here. <clears throat> um, so our church has been so blessed. I mean, right? We're, we're how old are we? Five months old or something like that, right? And we are so blessed. We are so blessed. I mean, we're blessed with all the people that come here. We're blessed with the over 400 people that have been saved in this place. We're blessed by your generosity, and we want to be the kind of church. That because we are blessed is the kind of church that blesses. And so, Wayne, we just want to bless you. We want to bless you with, with our words of encouragement and affirmation. But we also want to bless you. Um, one of the things that, that you wouldn't know unless you've been to Jamaica. So I've been for 12 years. We rarely do much to serve Wayne's church. Wayne typically leverages our missions teams to serve other people in the community build health centers and serve in the infirmary and pain in the hospital and go to orphanages. And meanwhile, there are things at his church that need to happen. And so we want to be a blessing to you. And we've asked our church all throughout this season of Lent to pray and to fast and to give. Let me tell you, you've been giving. You've been giving. When you give your tithes and offerings in the boxes or in the kiosk or online or however you give, and you give at the level that you have been giving at, it creates margin in our budget here at the church that allows us to be a blessing to some other churches. This next year, we will give out to other churches and church plants about $300,000 because of what you guys are doing to be a blessing. And then, Pastor Wayne, what the way we would like to bless you and your church and your children 
because I know you have a huge heart for the youth and for the children in Jamaica, is this year the primary building project that we will do is that we're going to build your church a playground. And not that little ghetto, rusty, like, swing set thing that you guys are playing on that I'm telling you, somebody's going to die of tetanus. But we're going to rip all of that out, and we're going to build a legit, safe playground for your children at your church as a blessing from our church to yours. Amen? Amen. Amen. Proud to call you my brother. Now listen, the Bible says encourage one another as long as it's called today, and so that is good. But... But one of the things we don't want anybody to be confused about, that this man is a, he's a saint, but he is not to be worshipped, right? And we want to encourage you, but to the glory of God. And so the way that we're going to end this service is the way we always do by responding to the gospel. So if everybody would just stand up, and, and um, I couldn't think of a more appropriate song than, than singing the Lord's Prayer together so that all praise and glory are to Him. And nothing would bless him and give glory to God more than you responding to that message. Some of you have got some chains around your ankles that you've been carrying along for, carrying around for a long time. Some of you need to wake up in your walk with Christ. Some of you need to arise quickly. And in the arising, the chains are going to come off. They're going to fall off. Some of you have been praying for your marriage for a long time. Some of you have been praying for a prodigal son or daughter for a long time. Some of you have been praying for an emotional or relational or a physical or a financial healing for a long time. And it's really not based on your faith. It's based on the blood of the one who shed his blood for you, who died on the cross. And it's by his stripes that we are healed. And it's by his stripes that the chains fall off and that we are set free. And so... Just like we always do every single week. Let us respond to the gospel. One, by coming to the altar. Arise quickly and come to the altar. And watch the chains fall off as you arise quickly and come. And then as we all join our voices together to give praise to God by singing our Father. Let us respond.